How's it going? Welcome to the Main Outdoor Enthusiast Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Mark. And we're back for, I think it's episode 22 now. Yeah. Yeah, we took a few weeks off. Yeah, for uh, deer hunting. <laughs> deer hunting. And, and, and sickness. Then we both came down with, you can still hear it in our voices. Yeah. We're still, I don't know what it was. It kind of went through the whole house. Yeah. Went through your house too. Yeah. Well, my I uh, was fortunate my wife didn't get it. Your mom. She didn't get so. sick at all? No. I thought she had a little something going on. Well, right? she had a little sniffle, but that yeah. uh compared to what we had, that was that was nothing, yeah. Paul. So. Yeah. So I guess we're back at it. Yeah. A little while. Then we'll probably take a little break because Christmas is coming up. And yeah. Then start off in the new year with Well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe some ice fishing this year. Well, the way it's going, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's green outside right now. We won't have any ice. De- December sixteenth, and uh, there, there's no snow here. There yeah. probably is up around the camp, but uh, yeah, no snow here. And yeah, none sh- in the forecast. No, yeah, no. what fifties? Fifty-seven uh, Monday. Yeah, fifty-seven degrees Monday. In, so in rain. Yeah, rain, heavy rain. They said possible, and then yeah. uh, and then the long range forecast. There's uh, there's no snow in the forecast. So. No. So yeah, we uh, just went for a walk out back. We've got a deer trail that goes across the back part of the property. Went for a walk out there with the kids and dog. It's beat right down. But it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's just walk wherever you want. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just like springtime. Yeah, that's there. good for the deer, Paul. It is. Hopefully, it continues. Hopefully, you know, it's nice if you can shave a little bit off the. Beginning of winter, yeah. The and yeah, then both shave ends. some in in you're, uh, you're right, like April. Yeah, if you can shorten March, it up on both ends, it uh, it makes a big difference for the deer. Yeah. And certainly, winter will show up sometime. It it always yeah. does. But uh, like I say, if it, if it can be shortened up on either end, it we, uh, it helps. We get plenty here. of snow. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, we will. So, and you were just saying you still have a camera out. Yeah, I've got uh, only one, and. Uh, Probably should have left a few more, so I'll probably try to get out there sometime in the new year and and uh, pick it up. Yeah, see what uh, see what's happened since deer season ended. If we get a little bit of snow, I think I'd like to go out and. Yeah, well, if yeah, for like sure. If, we if you want to take inch, a drive to go up and yeah, get it, you can. If we get once we get like in the new year, if we get a few yeah. inches of snow, yeah, maybe go poke around because I'm sure the deer, yeah, just pretty much wherever they want. Yeah, not really yard bound. Yeah. Where that camera is, Paul? Oh, probably five or six years ago. We had a we had a uh, December where there wasn't any snow, and I went in there in the new year, in first of January. You could drive in there, and there was deer tracks on the hillside there on the ridge. So, there was there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll go see if we get some snow yeah. after yeah. the new year. See what's going on. So actually, so we haven't actually covered. We covered up until our deer camp week. But we still got muzzleloader week that Yeah, yeah. That's we uh, haven't talked about. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh I was on my own then and uh yeah, I I I did go out two days. I went out two days and That's uh, it? That was it. Jeez. Two days. I I went out uh, I think Monday, that Monday it poured. The first uh first day yes, of muzzleloader. It yeah. It just poured. Yeah. So I didn't go out then and I think I had something going on too. Uh, an appointment or something and but it poured and uh, uh i went out uh, tuesday and wednesday and uh, the roads were rough the the uh it we had had some well from the rain monday they 
and then it froze up, and the roads were so rough. And driving in there, it was like chattering your teeth and yeah. stuff. And I thought, I I can't drive in here every. And uh, yeah, and a guy had uh, he had shot a deer. He had it. I don't know if he ever recovered it or not. Right behind, uh, right where we were hunting. Okay. So that kind of discouraged me, and yeah. I I said, well. Did he not look all that hard for it or just that I don't know. I talked to him just for a brief moment. I don't I don't know the guy. It's the guy you and I had run into three or yeah. four times uh during the season. He we only saw him driving around and that's how we shot this deer. Yeah. And it was right in one of the cuts that you and I had hunted in. Uh, okay. And uh yeah. So that's that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully it survived. Yeah. I have no idea the entire story. The uh, yeah, I just know that he said he shot at it and and uh, he drew blood and he couldn't find it. Well, how much you know effort he put into finding it? I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, one of the guys at work was successful muzzleloader week. Yeah, Doug yeah. shot a beautiful buck. Yeah, nice eight pointer. Yeah, two hundred and five pounds. Yeah, that's a nice buck, especially during the. Uh, yeah. Muzzle loading week. That was a that's a yeah. a big bodied deer for sure. Yeah, and it had that typical kind of main eight point rack. Yeah. Not overly large, but right kind of stout and thick and yeah. eight points. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the Yeah, that's a, when I think of a like just your prototypical big main buck. Yeah. That, that's what they look like. Yeah. And it was funny, he'd said they had a little bit of snow, crunchy. He wasn't tracking or anything like that. And he shot it, I think it was right around 100 yards, a little over 100 yards away. And uh, he was pretty certain he hit it. And he goes up and, you know, there's no blood. Mm. And he said everything was so frozen and crusty. He's like, you, you just look down and it's like all oh, the tracks look the same. Yeah. And he was like, he found his track that was coming down off the knoll where he shot it. And then finally he found some blood, a little bit. I think it took him about 20, 25 minutes or whatever. To, mm. to really find a, you know, consistent drops of blood. And then he he recovered the deer. I think it was a couple hundred yards away from where he shot it. Yeah. And uh, he was saying, he's like, you know, if, with no snow, it was so thick where this deer went into. He's like, gosh, he's like, I don't know if I would have found the deer. Yeah. He goes, he didn't go that far. Yeah. And it was dead when he walked up to it. But in the picture he sent me, it, it looks like the deer had gone a couple hundred yards, bedded down and died. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, I like the picture. You can see the deer's all kind of folded up there, folded his, up, legs heads, folded underneath them. Yeah. Heads just down on the snow. Yeah. And uh, Doug had said he goes, you know, when he found the blood and he was walking up in to see where it went, and he sees the deer laying there. He thought it was bedded down, still alive. Yeah. And he goes, I thought for sure it was. He goes, No, it was. Yeah. It was out cold. Yeah, it was a beautiful buck. Yeah. He was pretty happy with that. Yeah, if uh, especially with the muzzleloader, but with any any gun, if you uh, if you just have an entrance hole and no exit, they don't bleed they, much. They don't. They generally don't bleed nope. a lot. So, no, nope. I've had a lot of deer do that. I've had, yeah, I have two Paul with the thirty odd six with uh, you yeah. know, if the, if one going in, nothing coming out. You it's usually the exit hole that does the uh, yeah. the bleeding. So, like yeah. I think of the very first buck that I ever shot. Uh, well, that big that that one right pointer. there. Yeah, I mean, he was like thirty feet away from us. Yeah, hit him in the shoulder. Yeah, there was no blood. No, at all. 
you could just tell the way he was running that he was hit. He was, he was crashing he, he wasn't, stuff. He wasn't running like yep. a like a healthy deer. He was hitting stuff he shouldn't have hit yep. and stuff, and landing where he shouldn't land. And that that way, you could tell you we you would hit the deer. And yep. we had good snow too. So oh, it was a great day. It was a brand new fresh snow, so you weren't going to mix it up with any other tracks. It yep. was the only track there. So it was a big track. You know, yeah, yeah. So there, and he didn't go that far, oh, as I remember. Yeah, I don't even think he went fifty yards. He just yeah. went around the corner. Yeah, he didn't go far. And we came out into an opening and stood up on. I remember standing up on a, a uh, stump. Yeah. And I caught something over my left, and I just see rack moving. And yeah. I think he'd bedded. He right was down, laying, and he was trying to get up. Yeah, he was laying down. Couldn't, and I put yeah. one right behind his ear. Yeah. Kind yeah. of ruined the cape a little bit on it, but yeah. No, well, you're not worried about that. Then you get the deer. Yeah, just killing the deer. Yeah, that's all you care about. But yeah, if that bullet doesn't come out, yeah, there ain't much blood. Yeah, well, he was coming towards us. Yeah, so took him right yeah, the He was walking straight onto us, and I'd hit a deer. My first buck that I'd shot, same way. He was. I'd hit him right in the chest, straight on, yep. close range. So the beer, the deer, the uh, bullet went down through the body of the deer, and uh, there was no exit hole. And yeah, and that one. Dropped within sight, ran right into a tree, but uh, there, like I say, there's no blood. Yeah. You don't get any blood that way. So maybe a drop or two after a while. But So yeah, I guess that muzzleloader week, that was, you had tag soup. Yeah, I yeah I ate tag soup. And, That's uh, all right. I was, uh, you know, I'd, I'd gone at it hard. I I did a rough count of the, uh, I hunted about 22 days and uh, yeah, I was... Uh, I was a little discouraged, and it was it was time to. Well, I mean, it's still fun. You can't, yeah, it's you can't fun. get discouraged. But you don't want to, you know. It can get into the point where you start pushing, and uh, it it uh, you don't want to make it like a job and forcing know, things. You don't want to make it a grind. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun and enjoyable, and and there there does come a time where you say, you know what, it uh, it's uh, it's probably time to be uh, shift gears. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, when you're just. Focusing on yeah. shooting a deer, yeah. not enjoying the whole and it, yeah. The and whole the, like I said, the, the ride was getting rough in there, and I just and then when the guy wounded the deer, and I just said, "Well, that's probably." Yeah. Uh, well, know. maybe if we get a little snow, we'll go poke around. Yeah, yeah. Maybe find a rack. Yeah, or something from a deer. So anyway, uh, I I don't know, but a week ago or so, I was looking at the totals for the year for the state. Have you looked to see? What you the know, I did, was? Paul. I get on the uh, I get on the harvest uh, dashboard, <clears throat> they call it, yeah. in the main department of inland fisheries and wildlife. And when I looked, and I I don't know if muzzle loading was done because they have a two week muzzle loading downstate. I don't know if that was completely done or not. It was, and you can correct me or or verify my figures. I had thirty seven thousand. Is that what you right now? And I looked and I double checked this morning. It was at so thirty eight thousand two hundred and fourteen. Okay, yeah. When I looked, it was thirty seven thousand. Okay. So, which yeah. is down from last year. Yeah, twenty twenty two was forty three thousand seven hundred and eighty seven. Yeah, yeah. So we're down about twelve point seven percent. Yeah. And I got kind of looking at I like looking at the townships and zones and stuff like that. Yeah, which zones were. And they haven't given the townships for this year though. They have they? not. No, no, no. They just gave the overall. They gave or, the, or excuse me, they gave the zones per zone. They they did yeah. have the zones in there, and uh, and yeah. I was looking at the townships from last year. Yeah, and I looked at a lot of the townships we hunt. Yeah, like zero, one, yeah, two, yeah. It's 
it's yeah. Pretty... I don't know if people realize I've I've done that for a lot of years because that information is available if you want to dig for it in the in the uh, in their website and uh, and consistently you can go in the northwest uh, through the gate. Not all the townships are behind the the gate, but uh, in that northwest uh, quadrant of Maine, and North Maine Woods. come up with a hundred townships with zero deer shot in them. Yeah, I was actually I started counting them, and I was like, I'm yeah. not doing this for from last year. I did. I counted them a couple was, couple years, and there yeah. there was well over a hundred townships with yeah. zero deer killed in them. And I don't know if people realize that. I mean, a township's a big area. It is. And these are wooded areas where historically there were a lot of deer. Yeah. You know, if you go back 50 years, those were the places there was a lot of deer. Yeah. And uh, and now those are the places with no deer. And you get you get down into zones 22 and 20, uh, downstate. And they zones have, 17 and 23. Yes. Which 20, I believe are right yeah. north and south yeah. of each other. Like those zones this year yeah. were over 4,000 deer shot. Yeah. Well, we hunt zones 1... Two, three, four, and five. Yeah. So zone three was one ninety five. Yeah, I knew it was a hundred and something. So zone four is one hundred three. Yeah. Zone two was eighty nine. Zone five was eighty nine. Yeah. Now we live in zone six, but it's all farmland. Right. So it's a, kind of a different scenario there. So four hundred and fifty. Yeah. And which is basically like yeah. eastern Aroostook County. Well, each one of those zones, Paul, they have towns in them. Like, uh, I think Zone 1 would have Allagash in it. Allagash? Actually, so I was looking at Allagash from last year, and I, I, I'll have to double-check. I think Allagash last year had, like, 400. Oh, yes. But yeah. Allagash is, like, four townships. Yes. it's. I think it's yeah. just shy of... It's yeah. huge. And... Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of yeah. kind of a skewed number, but I think it was, like, 400. Yeah. It uh, It's funny because that is exactly how the... the Ashland. Ashland uh, always, yeah. Ashland has a lot. You get into Washburn, same thing, Washburn. The the township, the towns now are where the deer are yeah. shot. Yeah. The, uh, even in the, like, we'll call it the big woods up in Allagash, you get in that surrounding, the, the outlying areas, the outlying oh, in townships. There's, there's very few deer. The the deer are shot in within the it townships. Very, it was wicked skewed. Like you look around yeah. and there's all these a normal sized township, yeah. which is zero, yeah. one, two. And then you look at Allagash, yeah. the town of Allagash. And it's the same way. Ashland's the same yeah. way. And Washburn yeah. and uh, and Caribou and Prescal are the, you know, the, uh, the deer are shot in the towns, not the... Yeah. Uh, not in the the uh, more secluded wooded areas. No, so. no, not like it used to be. Nothing like it is. It is. Uh, so turn- I think. So I think Jackman is is that zone eight. Yeah, I'm that not is, sure what. Uh, yeah, that was or zone seven. Yeah, seven or eight. I'd have to look. I forget now. Those were the zone seven was like seven hundred and sixty six. Yeah, zone eight was five hundred and fifty seven. Yeah. That's pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, down from last year, but conditions play a huge role Yeah, in that, too. If you got a year of good snow, yeah, you get a lot more deer. Yeah. Deer shot. Yeah. Back in 2021, we both shot deer, and I was looking this morning in the township. We shot them in the same township. Right. Too. And it said in 2021 that only one deer yeah. was shot in that township. Yeah, we I did see that. We registered two deer on the same day. Right. At the same place, yeah, obviously same place. The, the same so place. I'm not sure what what happened there. I was, yeah. So I was just asking Dad, like, what township did 
we shoot those in yeah. just to make sure. And yeah, that brings yeah, in the, a question of accuracy in there, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's so. always, you're depending on, you know, I guess the, the integrity of the right average store owner, convenience store right. owner. And, you know, there's not a lot of skin in the game for them to. No, no. So you're going to no. take that with a great, you know, anytime. And it's like that with any data set, whether it's healthcare or anything, when you've got basically like self-reporting data, yeah, you got to account for the fact that there's going to be. Sometimes there's not going to be error. a lot of effort put into yeah. it and stuff or care uh, well, taken with it. People, you know, mistakenly say yeah. stuff. People yeah. may not want to reveal where they shot their deer. Yeah. You know, if we're. But as far as I remember, we were, we were upfront and honest. So uh, we, we, yeah. we. Well, we gave the correct township that uh we've been in stores before where there was a guy registering a deer that hunted in a similar area and he didn't want to he didn't want to reveal yeah. I remember we were at, I think it was Gateway yeah I think there's a lot of people like that yeah, yeah. he was kind of humming and haunting and I think you told the clerk what township he Yeah I could have I don't remember that but uh, <laughs> he was like well yeah. I, I can't remember the name township you were like T10R12 yeah yeah John's uh, camp. That's the uh, that used to be the epitome of what a deer camp was. Yeah. You know, forty or fifty years ago, there was all was, kinds of those. that was remote. That was out there. Yeah, and that's where the deer were at that time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, was, we we come across them all the time. Yeah, like we came across one this year that you found. Yeah, I, I find old camps. In. Yeah, and I I always stop and kind of kind of think about. I can always see the the young men, you know, excited building the camp and yep. then and then using the camp and uh, you know the the nightlife and the getting together and then after a while they get old, the camp gets neglected and yeah. and uh, snow takes it. And they, it does it doesn't take long. It doesn't take to, long if the You look at yeah. our camp that we hunt from. Yeah. That was headed in that direction. Oh, it for sure. Grandpa died in yeah. 1991. Yeah. yeah. You were busy with yeah. work and kids and yeah. and uh, no one there to really take care of it. Right. And they do require a lot of attention. And these two, Paul, these are probably on roads that, I mean, you look at you today, you look and you think, well, how did they even get there? Because the it's, roads are... It seems like it's right in the middle of, yeah. of the woods. And you do find just, old roads and you think, well, maybe they just get to the point where they couldn't access it that easily anymore and they... It just uh, they they let it go. Became too hard. Yeah, too hard to get in, yeah. or you get too old to actually. Yeah, you know, do it. Yeah, it's always interesting. I come across them, and I always try to photograph them and stuff. And yeah, and you and look around. I look around. You'll find uh, old pots and pans, an old wood stove and stuff. Old gas fridge. Yeah, an old gas one. fridge. And yeah, and your mind wanders. My mind wanders. Yeah, yeah. I can I can see. Uh, like I say, young men excited to. At the beginning, at the beginning of the process, and then, and then, uh, and then you them using it, you know, the the night before deer season, or going yeah. up for a week and stuff, the excitement and uh, anticipation, the and then, that are there, and now they're gone, and the the camp is down, and probably the men that built it, they're they're probably are long gone. They're probably long gone. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, since we're on the topic of things going away, uh, did you hear about? Remington's closing their plant, and I did. Ilian, New York. I did read that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. kind of sad. It, it uh, yeah. I think it's been there about over two hundred years. Yeah, it's it been was, it's the oldest. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And huge facility. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand, I guess, from a fiscal standpoint, well, multiple reasons. I can imagine New York is incredibly hard to do business in now, especially yeah. with something like that. With a, with a yeah. The with, political environment. Yeah. And then just yeah, financially, they, I can't imagine it's it's a business-friendly. Right. I don't know for sure. I don't have... I know exactly what you're saying, and that always comes to my mind. New York can't be a good place to have a firearms. Yeah. Uh, Second, from what I've understood, is it was a huge facility. Yeah. And they're only producing what they were producing the 870 and Model 700. Yeah. Which I don't even know what numbers they were producing in those. And I, I guess it's a huge facility, and it was quite inefficient. There's so much space, right? From what I understand. Because yeah. back in the day, I mean, especially when you you know you think of like during World War One, World War Two, they must have yeah. been producing, yeah, a now, lot of that. That being said, Paul, they're they have a plant in Georgia, right? I mean, they, they do. It sounds like they're gonna they're, they're consolidating. Yeah, everything they're shifting Georgia. everything towards Georgia. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. But so. I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of, I don't have high hopes for anything from. Yeah, they had a lot of quality control, I guess, you know, before yeah. they before they went bankrupt. There was from what I understand, there was a lot of quality control issues with I the, and I, I get the impression, like anything I see from them online and stuff, yeah. I feel like they're out of touch from what people want like what their customer base wants. Right. I don't like I I don't have much interest in like an eight seventy or even a model seven hundred. Right. Like yeah, I don't think they really yeah. That's just the impression I get it. That yeah. That they're just kind of I don't know. And a problem with a lot of these companies like that is they become a subsidiary exactly of a big company. Exactly. And if you do any investigating into any company whether like yeah. Let's say you want to like back so for me it was when ammo was was a shortage and people were buying ammo mm. like crazy. I was like, well, maybe there's an investment opportunity here in some companies that produce ammo. So you kind of get digging around and you start doing your research if you're investing in something and you know, want to know who owns the company, mm. who how's it managed, stuff like that. And you come across like, and I didn't realize it till you start digging around. So like Vista Outdoors is like owns all kinds of ammunition exactly. manufacturers. Yeah, like I had a, I had them all written down at one point, but like, uh, so, yeah, like Vista, I think it was. Uh, so they they have, I think Remington Ammo now. Yeah, and those are they're two different ones. companies they now. Are. Yeah, they're separate. They, they have nothing to do uh, rem rem arms and well the the ammunition and the no. So they're totally separate. So they're not Vist, owned by the same. Yeah, Vista had bought right the rem arms or the. Uh, Remington ammunition portion. That's, that's correct. And yeah. but you start looking around and you're like, okay, so Vista owns so you got Bushnell, Federal, Sims, yeah. Fox, Bell, Camelback, Hops, Weaver, yeah, are owned by Vista Outdoors. Right. Which is now being sold to a Czechoslovakian company. Yeah. Uh CSG. Yeah. It's like impossible to keep track of right. Like where's this? Where's this stuff coming from? Who's making it? Yeah. And the, when you start getting these companies with so many, I mean, obviously they do it for profitability. Right. They've got their shareholders in mind versus the customer. Right. 
and and tax reasons and stuff like that. If if you get one subsidiary that's profitable and one that's not, you can kind of balance it all out. And there's all kinds of stuff that they. But when you start digging around with that stuff, yeah, that's it's pretty. It's pretty common, right? Like if you look at like so, Power Tools was another one. Not to get on a side note, I got thinking about this stuff as I was taking yeah. notes. And you start looking at like power tools because that was another thing. Like, if anyone, anybody that invests in anything, if you, like, I like to invest in what I, I know and right. what I like. Right. And so if I I get a product that I really enjoy using, and it works good for me, and and I get to figure other people like it too. Right. You start digging around. So like power tools are one that. Right. If it's a quality product, like you say, if it works yeah, well and it figure, works well for you, then it's going to work well yeah. for the guy across the street and the guy across the country and stuff. And so then you start thinking, yeah. well, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something to this. Yeah. Maybe it's a good, you know, you kind of get digging around. Well, power tools is insane. So you get people that like yeah. argue about like DeWalt's better than this or, or that. So like just to give an example, so like Stanley Black and Decker is they own for power tools. So they have Craftsman, DeWalt. Bostitch, Irwin, Porter Cable. Yeah. Then you go into, I think it's Shervon, is uh, Ego, Cobalt, Skill, Flax. Right. And then you've got, I think TTI owns Milwaukee, Ryobi, Dirt Devil. Yeah. And the only tool company that I know of, and I, there's probably more, that's like a standalone tool, tool company, is Makita. Okay. Yeah. So you got to figure, just, so just looking at that, you're like, okay, well, they got their, they're basically just making tools. Right. Trying to make the best tools possible right. for their customers. Their total, their total focus is on that. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I guess if I'm going to buy tools as a customer, you know, they're they're going to have my best interest right in mind. So probably Makita would, and Makita are great tools. I don't own many of them, and I should. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. I do have some. I they're do have they're some. fantastic. Yeah. Grandpa always had Makita stuff. Yeah. And yeah. A Japanese company. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I probably should. Buy more Makita yeah. tools, but I get a lot of DeWalt and stuff like that. But yeah, not to get too far off on a side note, but it's insane. The but it's the same principle, Paul, that you're talking about when you get into you know firearms and ammunition oh, yeah. companies owning you know multiple. Yeah, so they transition from having you know being customer focused to, to being well, we want to be profitable for our shareholders right, exactly. So yeah. I guess if you're an investor, investing in a company that <laughs> is yeah. diversified, yeah, well, is that's better. the same way that, that people invest with the mutual funds, Paul. That's what oh, yeah. a mutual fund is. It's yeah. a, you know you get a, a number of companies. You don't put all your eggs into one nope. basket, and uh, nope. and you offer the uh, the investor a, a mutual fund that has a, a number of different companies in there. Yeah. So if one doesn't do well. Maybe the other yeah, nineteen you, will pick it up. You, you know, you mitigate your risk right that way. Right, and I, I guess that's the same thing that these companies are yep. doing. They, yeah, they're but diversified, they're, but their first and foremost focus is money. Is the uh, Make, shareholders? Yeah, not the guy buying the product. No, which is no kind of a bummer. Yeah, but you, but there's still companies, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe like Hornaday is still family owned. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, what are some others? Uh, Barnes isn't. Barnes is owned by a, a big company. Yeah. Omni, I think. I forget the name of the company. Um, but uh, Nosler 
is another, I believe they're still small. Yeah. Um, those are good quality, quality stuff, but yeah, not to get, and I'm a big Filson fan. Right. For a lot of, just for my traditional wool. And I get it. Yeah. I get, probably should. I got a video on wool and I had a guy message me the other day and he'd bought a, a product from Filson and he was kind of complaining. He was like, it's made in Bangladesh. And I was like, I don't, I don't like their, like, I, I'm not a big fan of their non-traditional stuff. Right. All their non-traditional stuff is, is usually imported stuff. Yeah. And it is sad to see though, Paul, and you know, that, that, and it's like LL Bean too, that, uh, you know, it's, they, they start moving more and more they offshore. Do. Even and we always considered Filson and, and to some extent LL Bean to be, you know, maybe, uh, made here in the States and stuff, yeah. uh, their product, but they, they move more and more, you know, offshore. Yeah. And so, I, and I, so told, I know what this guy is saying a hundred percent. I told, I said, no, I only, the only stuff I really get from Filson is, is the wool traditional, right? Their traditional wool, their, their wool cruiser, their Mackinac right. wool cruisers. They're, and you can see, you just look at the description. It'll tell you yeah. if it's made of imported material or, right. or not. And, yeah, it's disappointing. And they've yeah. gotten more and more. Yeah. All these companies have. Yeah, they have. Know. I remember, you know, L.O. Bean, obviously, they didn't make all their products even back in the day. They, But their wool products came from Johnson. Out yeah, of, I still And it was have, quality. It uh, was quality stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'm buying a pair of wool pants from L.L. Bean, and it's made in Turkey. Yeah. And the quality... Was oh way God. down. I it still was... have a pair of bean wool pants that I wear to this day that are made by Johnson. Right. And I I gotta give Johnson more credit. I'm gonna do a video on I my, like Johnson. On my I wear wool. I wear one yeah. of their coats that uh and uh, I I still love and I haven't bought any this coat. Uh, their their stuff lasts a long time, so I haven't bought anything recently, but I was thinking the same thing, Paul. I I would give Johnson if I needed a prod, a wool product, a good. good I think hard I'm going to buy a pair of their wool pants this year. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, I got sitting there thinking, I've got a wool jacket, and I was thinking back of when I got it, and I think I was 13 or 14. I can look at pictures to see, but I'm 42 now. Yeah. So we'll say, for simplicity's sake, 30 years. I've got a Johnson wool jacket that I've worn every season. Mm-hmm. hard i don't and the thing's been soaked yeah it's been and it's i still wear it right it's never been washed and that's the thing with wool is it, it still smells yeah the same it feels the same yeah it there's no holes in it and i was like man i i probably ought to buy some more yeah, johnson I, stuff I, I just i never cared for how their pants fit me yeah and maybe that's changed. I I can try it anyway. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, I, they make some pretty good stuff. Yeah. Well, back in the day, I mean, there wasn't a lot to choose from, and and if you were from the Northeast, it was Johnson. Was it. it was Johnson that yeah. you were going to buy. Now, now Wool, there's probably Woolrich more. Was the other one. Yeah. Yeah, then. Woolrich. I checked out their stuff there, and they've it, gone downhill. They're it all... seems like they're totally uh, out there with uh, crazy stuff, and yeah. you know, it's no longer about making uh, quality hunting clothing or no. whatever. I, I don't even know if they do. I, the stuff that I saw was, you know, yeah. Yeah. Funky looking and 
Yeah, yeah. nothing I was interested in. So, and I still have some of their stuff that uh, I bought many, many decades ago, and it it's still functional, still good stuff. My very Walrich. first wool jacket was a Woolrich. Yeah, that was from that would have been early nineties. Yeah, and then I outgrew it. Yeah, and yeah, I got a Johnson. Yeah, and it's still going strong. Yeah, like, like I say, Johnson. I, I, I would, if I needed a, a a wool garment, I would give Johnson yeah. a good hard look. There. So, you were going to talk about something else. Well, I was going to talk about just what we talked about, Woolrich, Paul. I was going to go into the Woolrich. Oh, okay. I get on their website there. A few. It's been a few years, and and I can't remember finding anything that I was even in, remotely interested in for yeah. hunting wool. But yeah. And people ask, like, I had someone actually comment today, like, he's like, you really think wool's better than, like, Sitka and, and that? I'm like, mm. for me, yeah, but some people probably, yeah, you know, want the, the, like, the layer and all that stuff. I don't know. I If I've got any product that I buy that lasts 30 years, not really taking care of it, right? using it hard, geez. You know, I don't have yeah. to wash it. It keeps yeah. my scent down, keeps me dry. Yeah. It's quiet. I I love the smell of it. Yeah. It, it brings you back to... Well, and... You smell wool, it's like, that's deer camp. Yeah, that's deer hunting. You feel it. That's there, deer hunting. Yeah. There's an aspect of it too, Paul. It's just tradition. It is. It's uh, just tradition. Yeah. It's traditional, probably not just... Uh, not just northern Maine, but probably across the northern United States, whether you lived in Michigan or Minnesota, Wisconsin. That buffalo plaid. So here's an interesting thing while we're talking about that. I was going through my wool clothing the other day. I got a tote up in the, and I came across a pair of pants that were, were given to me by an uncle. And they're, they look like they're super good quality, thick, good quality yeah. wool. And they're made in Sault Ste. Marie. Michigan, and the company was Sue Woolen Mills, S-O-O. Oh, no way. So I looked them up, and they, yeah, they were a real thing back in the day up in Michigan there. What I, happened I to don't them? know if the factory is still, is still, if they're still producing uh, wool garments or not, but it was Sue, S-O-O, Woolen Mills, out of Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. You don't know what happened if they got bought. I out didn't. Or? I did get on, and I tried to do a little history of it and stuff, and uh, and I can't remember all the details when the factory was started or or what. But I and and these pants, and I thought about uh, going retro and wearing them. They're the one. They're the type that uh, uh, fit blouse? tight on the ankle, so they would be go into the boot. They would yeah. be blood, but they were and and probably baggy. You should do it. But quality, quality <laughs> stuff. You would, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like a thick wool blanket, these these wool p- pants. And some people out in the Midwest, they probably will, uh, out in the Michigan area, would, would relate to that. They'll know the company. They'll they'll recognize it. Sue Woolen Mills out I, of Sault Ste. Marie. I bet you if you ask uh, Ben from Camp uh, Benny. I, yes, yeah, Ben would for sure know, yeah, would. Would, would yeah. for sure know about it. Any and he would guys. probably know the history of it and yeah. stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, wool for me. Yeah. I've got. I put them on. Really? I, I, yeah. How'd I put they them fit? on. Just, they were a little big for me and really? stuff, but they, they'd be doable. 
It should be doable. You should do it. Yeah, I may do it next year just to put on my old Woolrich jacket because it's the it's the uh, wider check. Jacket, yeah, 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 it's wider in the pants are and stuff and red and black and uh, yeah. And still to this day, I tried to get an idea. I think probably they were made in the fifties, maybe sixties, because right. my uncle that gave it to uh, that gave them to me. He would uh, he's been passed quite a while, and he. He was in his 80s when he passed, and so it, it they're probably quite old. Super good quality. That's interesting. You, you'll see them. I'll get them out, and you'll take yeah, a I'll look at see them. What. Yeah. So, yeah, as far as that, the modern stuff, I'm not out to to make a fashion statement or to no. impress people. And then that like, stuff, may, it probably works good. It's just not going to elicit the same... No. No. Like I said, a lot drama. of... A lot, we, we bend towards yeah. tradition sometimes that... Uh, yeah, yeah. See, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I, for a lot of things, I don't want the latest and greatest because if it's yeah. not broke, don't fix it. No. And, no. and uh, yeah, I'm not out there to impress anybody with yeah whatever has come out for the latest yeah. Sitka jacket or yeah, and all that crap. I would have less. a hard time believing, Paul, that after 25 or 30 years, you'd be still wearing the same Sitka God, jacket. God, no. That would be torn to shreds. Yeah. I, I probably could tear it up in a season. Yeah, we go pretty hard in some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we come out of there one day, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And we come out of there, we, we were pretty... And we, people from, and I don't want to, people from other parts of the country don't don't understand what thick is. Yeah. Like, when you tell them it's thick, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not like yeah. there's a bush between me and the deer that I can see 100 yards away. It's like, yeah. I can't see three feet in front. Like, I can put my arm out. Yeah. And that's about as far as I can see through the bushes. Yeah. And I'm trying to get through a spruce thicket that has grown up so tightly together yeah, that there's pushing. not even any greenery. Yeah. It's just a bunch of sticks. Dry, dry the lower limbs and, are all, and yeah. You kind of just tuck your head. And push. And push. Yeah. And it's those days, if you look at my, I've got an orange hunting hat. Top of it's completely brown. Look like you combed it. And it's because yeah. those, those wet, Barky branches yeah. just driving into the top of that hat. Yeah, we it's get out like, that day, Thanksgiving Day, and I t- we I got a wool uh, ball cap there, and we I said, look at this hat ball. Everything, all the fibers look like you had combed it back, you right know, back. or we were pushing through yeah. the the bush all day there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's incredibly thick. It is in yeah. a lot of spots. I watch a lot of hunting videos, and I see these places, and I'm going, man, that doesn't look. Anything like where we hunt. Oh, I wish I could had a place to wow. to shoot at a deer. I mean, that far away. we like I say, we get in Thanksgiving Day, we could hear the deer breathing on the other yeah. end, but there's no way we could see that deer. It was a wall of fir trees. Yeah, just a wall of trees. Yeah. I mean, that's one reason why you can get I have a yeah. lot of I get close to a lot of deer. Yeah. Like I can get really close to them, but man, they gotta be in the right spot. They gotta to, be in the right spot. To see them and shoot yeah. them. Yeah. And that's why a lot of shots are so yeah. So up close. You think of that, go back to that first buck that I'd shot back in my early teens. Yeah. He was, we heard him long before we ever saw him. Yeah, he was breaking limbs. And he was, one, it was one of those little fur thickets. Yeah. He had his head yeah. right down, plowed right down through him. Yeah. And it wasn't until he got out of him yeah. that his head came up. Yeah, snow all over the top yeah. of him from coming off the branches yeah. and stuff. And he was just driving himself right down yeah. through there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big deer to to get down through there. Yeah, it's thick stuff. It's hard on your equipment. It is. Yeah. 
Hard on your gun, hard on your boots. Yeah, I take my gun apart, Paul, every season when I get done. And uh, it's right full, the forearm underneath the forearm. Right full of spruce needles. And, yeah, you got to take that apart and clean it up and oil it and stuff. I didn't have to do a lot of cleaning of mine this year. I bet you didn't. I didn't have to. No, you didn't push through much uh, brush with with the gun. gun. No. No, it was kind of a short. Yeah. Short season. I get to live vicariously through you. Yeah. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? That's fun. Yeah. I would track deer any day of the week. Yeah. I don't care if Yeah. I used to do I remember down to college. Yeah. When I was do my undergrad at Orno, Marsh Island. I can remember going out after class if we had snow. There's just, deer just everywhere. To follow deer. I'd go out and track deer. Yeah. And I remember walking up there was a spike horn bedded huh. down. And there was a guy with me, he loved to hunt. Uh Joe. He was from Wayne, Maine. Yeah. Apple a, farmer. They, uh, they kind of were like... strawberry. strawberries. Strawberries. Yes. They were kind of... Uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a serious deer hunter. Yeah. And uh, they shot a lot of deer on their farm. Yeah. And he was a big reloader. And we used the same gun, ironically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we went out one time. And I remember Spikehorn standing up out of his bed just looking at us. Yeah. And I'm like, holy smokes. Yeah. It was November too, but yeah. can't hunt there. And yeah, that's how we spent our yeah. spare time. We both shot deer over 200 pounds that year. Yeah. I can remember he went home. That must have been your Veterans Day, Buck. It was. Yeah. So he went home, I think, opening day. And uh, they'd never shot one over 200 pounds. Right. Yeah, they'd shot a ton of deer. Yeah. Well, they used to get permits to shoot the the deer. For crop damage. Crop damage. Wardens would give them permits to... And he would experiment with different different loads. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, they... So they're near Augusta, a lot of deer. Yeah. Down there. Yeah, central Maine. And the biggest deer that they'd ever shot, I believe at the time, was like 170 pounds. Yeah. And yeah, he shot one over 200. And so he was kind of rubbing it in my face. He's like, yeah, beat that one. Just be over joking around. I think it was like 205 or 207. Yeah. And uh, we came up, we had Snow Veterans Day. Yeah. And I tracked that buck Veterans Day. And I couldn't wait to get back down. Hey, Joe, guess what? Yeah. I beat you. Yeah. 210. Yeah. yeah we had a, he was a good hunter. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. They shot a lot of deer. Yeah. I haven't seen him, Paul. I ran into him years ago. I think he's a forester. He was a forester. Yeah. I ran into him. I think it was at the main uh, sportsman show down in down in Orono. Yeah. At the in the field house there. Yeah. At UMO. Now and I believe he works for like an independent company. Does he? Yeah. He I was think a forester so. at the time. They had a booth there and yeah. yeah. So nice guy. Joe was a very good guy. Yeah. yeah, real nice guy. Yeah. Anything else you wanna? Well, no. No, I just, you know, just the only thing that I can, you know, at the end of the season, you always, uh, especially if you're not successful and you and you put a lot of time in, a lot of effort, which I feel I did, you always have to kind of ask yourself, you know, did you make the good, uh, the right choices? Did you go to the right spots and hunt in the, you know? Yeah. And hindsight's twenty twenty. It is, but you have to ask yourself, you know, if if you're not uh, if you're not getting results, what could you do different? Yeah. So I always look at that. That's one of the things I I look at, you know, when you because you don't want to. It's two years now that I've I put in a lot of time. Yeah. For, and you know, back when I worked, Paul, you 
you know, I was successful not every year, but Just every about. other year or so. Maybe, maybe I'd go two years successful and then one year not. But since I've been retired, I've put in more time and effort than you ever did. I ever did. And, uh, you know, and I well, it's two years that I haven't shot a deer. So, because when I was a kid, when I was 10, when I turned 10, well, the stipulation for me to go to deer camp was so I had school Monday, Tuesday, and I think Wednesday, mm -hmm. or maybe Monday, Tuesday. And the stipulation was if you shot a deer the first half of the week, you'd come out and get me. Yeah. And you didn't hunt any other part of November. Yeah. You hunted just Thanksgiving week. I had one. I hunted one week, and I and I got to go to deer camp every year. Yeah, because you shot a deer the first three yeah. days at deer camp. So either I was fortunate, lucky, yeah, uh, or you've been sandbagging it. Yeah, like I say, like I say, you know, now it. Uh, or you've been sandbagging and I, and it now. And I really believed because you know I I really thought well you know now I got to have all this time and. It'll be yeah, a piece for sure. Of cake. I'll be. It'll be a like a slam dunk, and it and I have it hasn't been the case, and yeah. I've worked hard, and so the efforts the efforts there. I'm I'm putting in a lot of time, and but so you have to say, well, did I did I hunt in the right area? Did I you know and yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes or is it just the fact that things are? I mean, there's a lot of people that don't get deer year oh in God. and year out. You yeah. know, there's a, there's a lot of people that put a lot of time in. And, a lot of and good hunters. A lot of better hunters than I am that better don't retired. get deer year in and year yeah. out. And uh, so is is it just that's the way it is and you have to accept it and, and move forward and keep doing the same thing? Or, or, you know, do you switch things up? Yeah. I don't know. Well, but I always look at that, you know. You, you, you want to be successful and you want to... Take a look at it anyway, and and uh, you know whether you can do something different, change yeah. something up, you know. So then, some years it just oh yeah yeah you know, we we happens. know that you some get stretch years, especially you get stretches where it's like yeah oh things are been, difficult been a piece of cake. Then yeah. sometimes you you go out and you don't work for it, and it just yeah it falls on your lap. Like so, I had, I had four or five years in high school, but yeah, first one yeah. or two days out, yeah, yeah, it was almost like oh, you just walk out in the woods and shoot a deer, yeah, and it's it's not that way. No, it isn't. No, not up here, and not at not at this time. Yeah. So, I had a guy had a cousin of yours, Paul, first cousin, got a hold of me this morning, was interested in coming up, and I I. I, yeah, you know, we, we can, uh, we Who can, was it? uh, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Down in Vermont. And, uh, and I, you know, I told Ed, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same up here and he understands yeah. that. He, he said, oh yeah, I understand. We we're more in it for the experience. And then I said, well, that's a good thing. You know, that's the right attitude to be in it for the experience and stuff. And, uh, rather than, uh, thinking you're going to come up here and, Shoot a two hundred twenty pound buck. You know the yeah. the uh, the odds of you shooting a deer up here are are not good. But if you like the experience and hunting, you know the big he's, woods and open area where he, you, you he's a Vermonter, huh? He's a Vermonter. He's a Vermonter. Yeah, we don't, we don't want green license plates up here. <laughs> oh, I don't mind it. You know, but uh, actually, Ver Vermont's great. 
Yeah, they are. There's a lot of good hunters down there. Yeah, there's at least that, you know, we that have the same type of attitude that we do. That they don't mind working and they nope. don't mind putting the time in. And and uh, in fact, they enjoy it because they know that you know that that's going to give them the edge over the the so-so hunter. They're going to well, they're going to work. They're yeah, going to work for it. Yeah, so. Doug and I were talking about that at work when he was talking about you know he was shoot when he shot his buck. He's like Paul. There's just no one gets out of their vehicles. No. He's like everyone just. What people are hunting, yeah, they're in. They're just driving around. Yeah, he's like, you get off the. Yeah. I said, we I, did. We ran into some places where we saw people, you know, old tracks in the snow yeah. and stuff. But you're right, by and large, not a lot of people. But they'll get out and look at a set of tracks. Yeah, walk up the bank and walk back yeah. in their truck and yeah, off they go. Yeah, but back to Vermont. One of my favorite vacations. Lacey and I spent our anniversary one year. In a place, Ludlow, Vermont, I think it was. It was fantastic. Yeah. Like everyone that treats you like they have known you forever. Yeah. First restaurant we went into. Yeah, it was just. Yeah. No, those, those really. Those and uh, they. And still, jo- Josh and all them were like that. Like, yeah. Like Holly and. Yeah. They're all. Yeah. They they. Uh, they still come up in Maine. We don't see a lot. We do see. We did see some Vermont plates. Not a lot up here. But back no. in the day, you go in the in the gate in the North Saw Maine woods. Little, uh, yeah. This far up here, you would see a lot yeah. of Vermont plates. But. I can remember a big three-quarter ton Dodge one year <clears throat> yep. hunting in around the area that we were. Yeah. Now I they think. They were in there every day. And it was hard to get into because you had to drive yeah. in through yeah. where a bridge was out through, through the brook. Now I think they the ones that come up, they kind of stay below the Golden Road in that, uh, the Jackman. Yeah. yeah well, and it's a short, short trip for them. Yes, That's it is. It's a much shorter or... trip, and there's I think there's a lot more deer down there, Paul, than once you yeah. cross over into zones four, five, one, two. You stay like west to, to central Maine. Yeah. Central Maine, man, seems to be yeah. Lots like I said, deer. seventeen and twenty three. Yeah. Those zones. Those are yeah. A lot of deer shot there. Yeah. Well, so I guess next week you're not going to be here. No. Uh, yeah, your mom and I are leaving, uh, going down to Massachusetts. Uh, See my your, sister. Your sister and brother-in-law yeah. bought a house in, in Boxford, so we're going down there for Christmas. All right. For, I don't know, I don't know how long we're going. You go as, as long as, long as, as Narda tells me to stay there, yeah. I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be there. So we're going to have a guest on, I think, 23rd or 24th. Yeah. And... We might patch you in by phone. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he's a pretty good. Well, it's still tentative because it's Christmas time. He's coming mm. up with family, but uh, he's an old uh, college classmate of mine. Mm. He's probably one of the most well-rounded hunters. Yeah, that well, I know he pretty much does it all. Yeah, Riley's a he. Well, he's a he's a super athlete. I mean, well, he, he's got the mindset. Yeah, that there's nothing. He can't do it. Like, I can remember the yeah. story. I'll let him tell the stories. There, yeah. there just was one story where he likes, he did a residency out west and uh, he got familiar with some western hunting. Mm. And uh, there was one story there where he shot, I forget if it was a mule deer or what it was, but, and they're a long ways. You got to pack it out. Mm. His buddy was like, let me carry it. Nope. He's like, his buddy wanted, he wanted to carry his gun. Yeah. And stuff and Riley's like, no, it's my hunt. I'm carrying everything that I brought in with me. 
out with the deer. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's, he's uh, he is in really good shape. Riley is, and he's uh, he's a uh, he's a real solid guy too, Paul. I mean, I don't know Riley real well, but he's a real solid guy. Good good family man and hard worker, and yeah, he does things the right way. Riley does in everything in life. So you can talk to him on the phone. We'll we'll try that. Yeah, well, that's something. Yeah, that. like I say, I wish I w- I wish I could be here to shake yeah. his hand and. And talk to him in person, but he's a good guy to have at camp. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, he's a, like I say, he's a real solid. guy. He's a good guy that if you have a big buck down some someplace to have on and the you, other end of a drag need, rope, you need some muscle to. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, he would be the right guy. He's a machine. He would be the right yeah. guy to have for sure. Yeah, loves to fish too. Yeah, a good Great outdoorsman, fisherman. all around. Just loves it all. Ice fish. Yeah. If, yeah. if there's an opportunity to do something outside, yeah. Whether it's bow hunting, yeah. muzzle loading, rifle hunting, yep, it it doesn't matter. Mm. He's he's gonna be on it. So hopefully, we've been trying for a while to connect, and it's been tough. He's busy with work and family, and hopefully next week we'll have him on, and then yeah, I'll probably take a little hiatus for yeah, unless I just get too bored and wanna wanna do something. But yeah, not a lot this time of year. There's not a lot. You can do for content or whatever. I got all kinds of, huh? I got all kinds of ideas. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah. Well, everyone's always asking questions or making comments about stuff, and it's yeah. like, well, yeah, God, that would make that would be a nice way to yeah. clarify something, or yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, it just kind of is endless. Yeah, it kind of turns into a, you know, as more people comment, yeah, and it kind of just feeds off itself goes yeah. goes back and forth so and that's one thing I, I never would have thought of when i started this was the number of people that commented on like father son or grandfather yeah son relationships a lot of people have like opened up about that yeah i never would never well really i think that clicked I, with me that that would be such a a theme yeah i i would you know, see the, where it would be paul because probably most people like myself, that's how I, and I remember that. I, that's all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid was to get to the point I could go with my dad to whatever yeah. type of deer camp. Yeah. And he was never, a, it was never a week-long serious deer hunting trip, but he always went with the men and they went to a camp and they and they hunted a little bit and stuff. And I just couldn't wait to, you know, I always wanted to be part of that. And and so I think probably that's a common thread with most people. Yeah, they started with their fathers. They saw their fathers going. They want they you know anticipated the to the time that they could go with their father to you know and now their fathers are gone probably or yeah that them, that's a common when you know when and, someone it seems to strike a strike yeah. a chord someone who's lost their father or recently lost their father yeah that it really. That's come up a lot. Yeah. And and uh yeah, that's been been surprising. So Yeah. Interesting anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And they're bringing like you. I mean, eventually Bo will be old enough. He's yeah. only three now, but you know, and he in, already in a few know, when years. When I was leaving for camp, he Yeah. Well, I wanna go. Yeah. So Hopefully I'm yet, around man. to to uh you know partake in that you know to yeah, we, to be part of it we'll see we'll what figure happens. out some way to push a wheelchair through the woods i'm sure at some point. <laughs> i'll just sit in the truck 
<laughs> I'm sure Bo would. That's really working would, out for me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's working hot. Yeah, that's really working out for me. So I never know. Yeah, it just takes a second for it to happen. Yeah, yeah. So I mm. yeah, but getting back to that, I can see why that would be because I think most that's how most people get into hunting. Their fathers take them and yeah. stuff. And, they remember that, and and that's changed for a lot of people, and it it, it eventually changes for everyone. Oh yeah, it's all good. Everyone, the, the fathers go away. That's whether they stop hunting or pass away, you yeah. know. And uh, in the next generation, you're you're taking your kids, and so it's just a continuous cycle. And yeah, hopefully, you continuously pass it on to right generation right. after generation. It yeah. doesn't stop. Yeah, because. I still, like I say, I still think of back in the day, and that's been a lot. My dad's been gone for thirty-one years now. Yeah, so been a long time. Yeah, well, good. Well, probably the next one will be up after Christmas. I hope everyone has a merry Christmas. Yes, safe yep. Christmas. Yeah, but a fun Christmas. Yeah, spend it with your family and yeah, for sure. Enjoy all that's, kinds of good stuff. Yeah, that's so. the most important thing, and yep. enjoying the family and yep. okay, maybe get some new hunting gear. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I just got my. I showed you my Christmas yeah. present there. You got yeah. some new boots. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they won't leak. So you didn't. You didn't. They, need... they were on sale, Paul, for twenty five percent off. I couldn't resist free shipping, and uh, Might as well it, it was time to time to replace them. So it's always a good time right after hunting season. They like I say, they they go on sale. You might as well just been wearing a pair of sandals out that day. Oh my Holy God. cow. We uh, we poured the water out of the boots at the end of the day. <laughs> that was insane. Po- poured the water. You're like, and, my feet are wet. And, yeah, and wrung they, my socks out and stuff. They were more than wet. They were soaked. Yeah. They were soaked, yeah. So. so. Alrighty. Well, I guess until next time, get outside. It's good for the soul. See ya. See ya.